Blog Talk Radio. Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. Hey, before we start the show, I uh, just want to, uh, I know myself, along with all the other Cherokees out there, want to uh, wish our uh, Principal Chief, uh, Chuck Hoskins Jr., a very happy birthday today. Um, he's about the tops in, in all of our books, and, and we're, we hope he has a fantastic day. Okay, the show, the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited uh, for today. One of my very favorite people um, in entertainment is our guest today. And uh, it was kind of an interesting story. She had uh, made a documentary uh, movie, and that's how I met her. She was on the show for that. And we got to talking, and she let me know she has an additional project, um, which she's been doing for a while now. And I, I, I was so intrigued and so excited to hear, um, and we're going to talk about that today. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Mrs. Ash Patinio. Ash, hopefully I'm saying your last name right. I know I messed it up before. Uh, you know, my husband always razzes on me for messing it up myself, so it sounded very good to me, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Good, 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 good. Hey, I have been sucked into your show, me and my wife, we have been doing nothing but sitting in front of YouTube for the past week, watching all the episodes. Um, oh my gosh, what a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's called Ashes to Ash. It's a YouTube series of true crime cold case files, and it's not like one you've seen before. It isn't like well-known cases. Matter of fact, I hadn't heard of any of these. Uh, before I start watching the show, Ash is not doing her makeup while she's talking about them and whatnot. Travel. I, I, <laughs> I mean, this is—I don't know, man. I tell you, in that season three, when you rolled into town, I could—that sheriff. I think he was a little nervous to be talking to you. Came off that yeah, way to me, you know. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. We uh, we get ourselves into all sorts of uh, tricky situations there. So it's definitely, a, like I think like you just said, it's kind of like a true crime show like you've never seen before. We definitely don't just regurgitate what, the, what we've read in the news and do our research online. We don't do that. We actually go to the places and we talk to the people who were involved and we try to get as much information so that we can come to a – uh, through the evidence can come to what we think might have logically happened. But we do that through using like mythbuster techniques to try to figure out if something's plausible. And then also by talking mm. to witnesses who are there to see if their stories still are still the same. And if, you know, if what they, you know, if they can show us what they think happened or what they saw so that we can try to put it together. Well, I'll tell you, it's, um, as many of our, our listeners know, I'm an old man. I, uh, I, I've seen a couple of things. Two very important things I have learned upon my time upon the earth. Number one, I don't know the answer to everything. I, 
surprised daily by new stuff that I find out. And I think that's great. Um, and number two, the thing I've learned, one of the most important things, usually about 99% of the time where there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, something doesn't – I'm. We're, so we're on the third season. No, I don't want to gloss over the first two seasons. Number, Let me just add this before we um, get into all the, the nitty-gritty of all this kind of stuff. Um, she's absolutely right, ladies and gentlemen. One of the things that um, in dealing in the criminal world, and uh, you're not dealing with, with – it isn't sunshine and roses, man. Uh, this could be <laughs> dangerous. And you guys yeah. are like – in the thick of stuff, that first season, that poor little boy, man, I tell you, you guys showed some of the images of, of, of how he was living, you know, oh, baby, that's not good. No one should, yeah. no one shouldn't be living like that. Well, yeah, and that's really, we want to take people back to the scenes of where this stuff is happening because then you can see it for yourself because I think in a lot of these cases, right, we're listening to the news and you hear something and and you apply all your own context to whatever you just heard, right? And so sometimes mm-hmm. what we actually take away from that is 100% correct and other times we either inflate or deflate the importance of whatever that fact is because it, it, standing alone, it doesn't make sense. So either it then becomes conspiratorial or it becomes something that you just forget about. And so we try to take each of those myths about a case and we try to look at it or each of those theories of what might have happened. And we try to look about at how likely it is, you know, are any of the witnesses saying that does it fit when we do experimentation around it with what could have happened? Like, is it even possible? And then, you know, we try because we even want the police involved. You know, we, especially with season one, um, we had, we had met with the Pekin authorities all the way through. We had handed over all the evidence that we had gathered. And we, even for this third season, you were talking about Sheriff Ashley Polk uh, initially when you first mentioned starting season three. And he just reclosed the case, and we're going back out to Valdosta to find why he reclosed it. But then he came forward and offered a $500,000 reward of his own money to uh, if there wasn't any information. So we just thought it was really interesting that he closed the case, said it was an accident, but then offered this reward the next day. So we go in to try to figure out, like, some of those things. That's a really weird thing to do. We've never even heard of that happening before, uh, where someone closes a case and then puts up their own money for uh, someone to come forward. So we're going back out and talking to him. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it feels really weird. So it's what we do when you hear those weird things is we try to go actually talk to people who are doing those things that we're perceiving as strange or it doesn't make sense so that we can figure out why. And then you can decide in your own mind, okay, that makes sense. That seems like a logical thing to do. Or you can say, wow, that does, something's really weird there. Why would somebody be doing this? You know? know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And ladies and gentlemen, don't think, I know the term conspiracy theory is, is a buzzword right now, and it's, it's all over the place. We're not talking. Ash and the team aren't saying, you know, a Bigfoot ran out of the woods and was responsible for this stuff. We're not talking that type of conspiracy. But there's weird stuff, man. Um, not supernatural. Well, I don't, I'm sure it wasn't. This, this season three, Kendrick Johnson. I had never heard of this case. 
And maybe that's just, you know, it wasn't on our news here. Or I just didn't see yeah. it. I, I don't know. Um, had stuff to do. I, I, I'm not making light of it. This is a terrible tragedy. This boy, high school boy, um, I don't think I'm giving anything away because really the, the meat and potatoes of your, your show is, is – Oh, so no, more. you can't. This, it's all out there anyways, yeah. Right. Well, he was found. Um, you know, he's an athlete. He's a jock. He was found – dead, rolled up in a gym mat in the gymnasium of the high school. And, um, mm. you know, and apparently the police were saying, well, he crawled in there, you know, to find a shoe that had come off or something. I don't know, some crazy stuff. But anyway, you don't just wind up dead and rolled up in a mat or a carpet or something. I mean, I, it doesn't take, you know, Gil Grissom from CSI to figure that out. There's there's something afoot there, you know. Come on, man. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. You know, that's something else I wanted my my wife brought up. You know, she's like, um, because I believe it's your is that your daughter that's your partner in these? Mm. No, no, no. Bree worked on me with season two, basically, and then helped out a little bit on season three. She's amazing, though, but she's my cousin. But she just kind of was helping me out for about a year there, which was really nice of her. Nice. Nice. Well, my wife wife brought up, she goes, you know, here these two ladies are. um, They're they're rolling into town, which um, the Kendrick Johnson case is in my mind. That's in Georgia, right? That's deep south, you know? Yeah. And, And I'm... I'm not throwing shade at the South, folks. You know, I mean, I live in South Florida. You can't, well, South Florida isn't that Southern, but culture-wise, I'm saying. Um, yeah. You guys roll into town. You've got your cool, kooky hair, you know. You guys got tattoos and stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, you're fashionable. And, uh, you know, asking questions, rocking the boat, so to speak. It was obvious yeah. the police wanted to put this up to bed and it swept under the table. And this boy's family was like, ain't having it, you know. It's understandable. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't either. But, I mean, you know, we were kind of worried for you guys for a second. You know? uh, yeah, you believe me, our our families, my husband, yes. we uh, And we don't, you know, we do, we, we will go the extra mile on some of these cases. So I think even if you watch season one, at one point, we had gone into an abandoned house, but we had to break into it. And the state's attorneys got in Illinois there got a little bit upset with us. But the the fact of the matter is, is if we don't feel if enough time has transpired where we don't feel that the cops are doing their job, like we always give them a chance. Like we believe that cops are awesome and they'll do their jobs, but sometimes they don't. Right. And on those ones that they don't or we feel they don't, excuse me, but we want to go in and take another look. Maybe they did do everything we could, but we want to we want to look at that and see if we agree with that. Or maybe they didn't, and there's big things missing. With our season one, we found a lot of things that I don't believe that mm-hmm. they ever knew about. And I think that everything we discovered for basically the last half of the season wasn't out there. People didn't know about it, and I believe it is what happened to Robert B., and so I think that's what's really interesting is we really dig in either to, to show why we're sure it happened this way or to show what, uh, what the options are and then let you decide which one you believe might have been the, what happened. No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with the Robert B., you know, I, I'm watching that and I'm thinking to myself, well, this, this is a poor kid from a poor family. You know, this is, this is 
what that's about. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. why they don't care. That's why maybe the platinum level of investigation, I don't know. There shouldn't even be different levels. But we live well, in a world, well, you know, I mean, where there are. And, absolutely. you know, and it's sad, but you don't shy away from that. You guys showed that uh, season in season three, right off the bat, man, the elephant in the room, you, you hit it very directly. Race. Well, well, yeah. thank you. And I, I think that it's really important when we talk about the Kendrick Johnson case, right? Because we have a huge conglomerate saying accident, and then we have another huge conglomerate saying murder. And so we don't, we don't really have an opinion on if it's accident or murder. What we're going to do is tear through every piece of evidence and then showcase that. But I think it's right. what's really important about that is we also wanted to show if it was an accident, um, why there might be so much distrust towards law enforcement, because there does seem to be, and we're talking Valdosta, Georgia, that's almost like as about as south as you can go in Georgia. And there is, you know, driving into town, you see Confederate flags. They, they have all mm. the names of their streets named after, or, or uh, I'm sorry, quite a few of their main streets are named after plantations, slave-owning plantation owners that used to live back in the late 1800s to early 1900s. And I think that when you start to look at that, you start to wonder if these people who are African-American within that community feel uh, like they're not treated the same. And I think that's where you really start to see this like major divide come into play is that people don't feel like they're being treated fairly. And so we wanted to showcase that too, because there's a lot of things with that particular case, Kendrick Johnson, meaning like he's, his body is not refrigerated for three days after he's dead. And we've confirmed that mm. he, the refrigerator they put him in was broken and they didn't move him to another funeral home or to where the autopsy was immediately to keep him refrigerated. And like, I think that's the question people have is would that have been the same if it had been a white child? Like, why would that have not been a priority on such a weird case? Or the fact that once the, his body gets back to the funeral home to be interred, he has no organs anymore. They're just missing. Right. And so I think so you have all these like little things that feel very conspiratorial. So was it just people being lazy and no one moved his body to a funeral home to keep it refrigerated? Or was there something more going on? So is what we try to do well, is go and talk to everybody and find out what they who was there, who was actually there, not just like a news reporter who reported on it, but like a person who was there the day that happened so that we can get their take on it. We can choose to believe them or not believe them, but at least we're hearing it from the source rather than like passed around like telephone where it's not even being told correctly anymore. Absolutely. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us www.jamierox.us My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. 
why don't you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation, raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another, a friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. I will say this about the organs, and this is speculation on my head, ladies and gentlemen, I was nowhere near that. Know nothing about it, it was, but other than what I've observed and uh, on the show, you know, if, if if there was like internal bleeding or anything like that or, or traces of that, well, that's no longer there. You know, that that evidence right. is gone. Um, yes, and that's exactly what the problem is. Is like why when most of the time organs are put back into your body in a bag and left within your body when you're buried. So why this time did that not happen? And I just want to hear from the person who threw them away. There might be a logical explanation. Right. 
it doesn't seem like that. Maybe somebody just had an off day. But no, (laughs) right, right. I I just want to know because there's all this speculation that goes around about what happened to his organs. Well, someone knows. Someone tossed his organs Mm -hmm. or did something to them. So maybe that's their normal practice. Maybe they'll be like, oh, we do that with everybody's organs. But instead, it just gets, you know, people, it's confusing to hear. So then you speculate, and then your speculation takes you down very sometimes strange roads because you can't make sense of it. So we want to talk to the person who held those organs so we can try to find out where and they absolutely. went. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, I know we joke around a lot on the show and this and that, you know, but this, this is, this is real life, man. This, this is a boy that died under very strange circumstances. Imagine if you're his family, or you're his mom, or just anybody. It's a member of his community. And, you know, organs wind up missing, and nobody's treating this serious. And, they're, you know, they're talking down to you and trying to – well, you wouldn't understand. You know, that, that's the impression I got listening to the people, you know? Um, yeah, that's, I feel like I that's think definitely very cool. how the family thought. Yeah, no, and I think that's what the family thought. And even they they were told that Kendrick Johnson was, uh, fa- was accidental. It was an accidental death the same day his body was found. It had not even gone mm-hmm. through a medical examiner yet or an autopsy. So mm. my problem with that is, and this just could be, naive police officers and maybe it's not a conspiracy i don't know but like why would you tell a family that when your child died under such weird circumstances if you didn't have all the information yet which included the autopsy just to make sure there wasn't some sort of drugs in his system that there wasn't a knife wound that wasn't obvious like whatever it needed to be that just that alone is very short-sighted to tell a family that it's an accident when you haven't even done all your research yet or seen they hadn't even seen the videotapes yet and they were telling the family that so to me it's it's, just cool right right if you think it's an accident i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but maybe give it its due diligence and then come forward to the family you know so we want to know why Mm -hmm. why were they told that so fast maybe there is a good reason you know just because i personally feel like that feels insensitive right now but maybe when they talk about it maybe then we'll understand why it happened and then you can make up your mind for yourself if you believe that reasoning you know yeah well there's a lot of stuff that that you present in in these these cases that uh you know you're you're left to make up your mind i don't know doesn't seem real straight or it doesn't seem like a real difficult you know case there but i'm just saying you know, I, I'm really surprised the state um, or uh, the uh, some higher-up law authority hasn't seen some red flags. Because, I mean, you have this show, this YouTube TV series, and you presented a whole basket full of red flags, you know? Yeah. Um, what is it, just because this is a poor family? or I mean, that shouldn't matter. Let's get there's injustice going on here, man. Let's get to work what you guys job's supposed to be you know right yeah oh. that's and that's some that sometimes i'm like very pro police officer but sometimes what really concerns me is the um arrogance that goes on within that division also 
And I think sometimes the secrecy then adds to that, whether it should be kept secret or it shouldn't, I don't know. But sometimes I think when they withhold information, it makes you feel that again brings you back to those conspiracy you know conspiracy theories mm-hmm. right because you can't figure out why it happened so i think that's why it's so important to kind of go talk to the people who are actually there look at the actual evidence and then showcase that in a way so people can see both sides because that's another thing i don't I, even though obviously i have my preconceived notions going in we still try to show all sides and we try to do that very fairly by representing our interviews appropriately and by also taking people with us meaning cameras so you guys can see it too so that you, everyone right. can kind of get see where we were or why we thought what we did and so it's not this one-sided documentary style that leaves out all the information that doesn't fit with the narrative we show it all and look at that all and try to see if we can get it to fit together and if so what that means well you hold it together a lot more coolly than i would um, you know in this project thing i don't do these things Oh, we'd be having GoFundMe for bail money. Um, oh man! Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I get worked up watching these. You know? Oh, good. It, I hope it, so because we had. I mean, for the first season, we had. You know, I don't even know fifty to a hundred people who came out from the town who helped us protest because we wanted the state to take over the case. But that's what's mm. like amazing is like the way we investigate these cases, they're being investigated in real time. So people call in tips to us constantly. And I believe that those tips help us get a lot of the information we need. And we keep obviously people who want to be kept anonymous, anonymous, but like because of the way we release the show. So we basically get in tips, we go investigate those findings and then we showcase them in the show. And then we continue down that journey. That way, if there's a myth out there that has been, uh, told over and over and over again, and it's not an accurate theory or or uh, mm. representation of what happened. We want to show why that's not accurate. So we'll go in and actually, you know, show people either with photos from the crime scene or um, an experiment we do later on or talking to a witness and showing that maybe something they said was taken out of context or it wasn't, it was, said haphazardly to a friend and wasn't meant the way it came out. So that's what we try to do is talk to all those people and, and listen to what people are saying they think happened. And when they tell us what they think happened, we want to look into that to see if that's even possible or if it even makes sense. And so we really try to go at it from that point of view. Right. Right. Well, this is a, this is a phenomenal show and folks, we have links up. Um, you can watch, everybody can watch this on YouTube. Um, I suggest, this is kind of cool how um, Ash has done this um, and the team, um, they have a subscription service also uh, with several different tiers, and it, it's like Patreon, but they it, it's all done in-house there, and, um, and it's not bad. I think these prices are a little low, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> you know, you have $5 a month or $20 a month, you know, um, and, and you get the you get perks uh, depending on the tier you're at. But one of the cool things is, is you can watch the stuff before it comes out. You could see uh, there's Facebook live events. There's uh, you guys have a private Facebook group, right? Where people can, um, the online sleuths can get together and say, Hey man, 
Um, you know, has anybody checked out high school for grandchildren of certain? I'm just, I'm just throwing it out. There. Exactly. No, that's there. exactly. Um, yeah, that's exactly what that's for, though. And that's what's cool is we always keep the content free, right? Because that's how we get in tips and solve these cases. But we have a lot of like people who just love this content who want to be more involved and then they have options to do that so like you said they can subscribe and then they just get to see the content earlier than the average person or they get to be part of the facebook live and the private facebook subscriber groups where we discuss some of the ongoing investigations so it's just like little extra perks for those like crazy true crime fans who like want to be able to talk to the people they're watching like what's really nice mm-hmm. is people have access access to me like and i respond so the nice thing is if you're like wow this doesn't make sense to me you can reach out and ask me now if it's something i've showcased in the show already i'll direct you to that but if it's something we're looking into i'll let you know hey we're looking into that like great feedback or sometimes they ask a question and i'm like wow i didn't even think about that thank you you know and then that gives me another road to go down or something to think about so yeah so the subscribers are really it's really nice if people want to they can and they get some extra perks and if someone just doesn't have the funds for that it's fine we'll always keep the show for free because we that's why we do it is to get people to give us information so we can look into these cases further Absolutely. And as someone who does have a Patreon, I, you know, I know another reason is uh, it's funding the Infinity Pool, a new sauna you had installed. I'm kidding, of course. Um, but there is expense to this. You know, here oh my you God. are flying all over the country, um, you know. I, I notice nothing ever happens local in your neighborhood. Um, <laughs> she's always got to get on a plane, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's never down the street. Um, I guess that's just the way it is, but, um, you know, that can't be cheap, you know, and I know you're making movies and films and stuff on the, and that, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, unless your name's like Steven Spielberg or something, and I bet there was a time in his life where he wasn't making buku dollars either. Every filmmaker I know, all the money goes into work. They don't do anything fun. Absolutely. Yes, that is. (laughs) Well, and it's you know you're you're and so often as a filmmaker robbing Peter to pay Paul in a way because for even with this right. uh, I don't like Ashes to Ash TV has never made money if you want to look at it from a business perspective like sure we have a lot of subscribers but the cost of getting to these locations and finding a place to stay and then having a crew with me is expensive so Running like it's never made yeah. Right, exactly. So, of course, the money that's coming from the films uh, supports Ashes Dash TV. So that's another thing, too. It's not like a, this huge money-making venture. You know, I'm going to obviously do it for as long as I love this work. I think we've done some amazing things for the different communities we've been in. But, yes, it is. I mean, a lot of it just ends up coming out from other projects, you know, and that's, that's always a hard thing as a person just trying to live. You know, you always have to make those decisions. So that's why it's nice with the subscribers, because at least it helps with some of those costs. Like our subscribers have been great. And, you know, then at least it, you know, takes the fact that, okay, well, we get to use our subscribers' money for the the flights we need to get out there this month and get the interviews mm-hmm. we need. So it's just, it helps with some of those costs a little bit. But, yes, it's, it's not even fully funded by uh, the subscribers. We'll get there hopefully eventually, but it's um, a work in progress on that. It's just a labor of love in a lot of ways. 
And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Bay Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Now I hear you. I hear you. Well, it sure is 
good. You're doing a good job with it. It sure is a cool thing. Like I said, man, I am hooked on it. I am. I, I really, I tell you, during the pandemic, I've said this so many times on the show, but during the pandemic, I got in this habit of watching these shows. I don't even know if they're technically called that on YouTube. YouTube has all these crazy uh, shows now, channels that people do. And because um, I got just, I, I got tired of the, the, you know, I can only watch so many superhero movies, you know? I mean, it's always the same story, you know? I get it. Uh, he's an alien and he can fly. Um, I, I know how it's going to end. Um, I got watching these, these YouTube channels and yours, I, I didn't start watching until you told me about it, you know, when you were on before. And, man, I am hooked on it. I, I What a great platform and what a great thing. Did you – were you always – I imagine you were always into mystery and, and true crime and things of that nature. Were you, but were you, like, when you saw a, a news story in the, in, the, in the paper, you're like, hmm, I, you know, kind of Nancy drew this here. Um, let's go get to the <laughs> bottom of this. Um, or how did this all come about? How did this start? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I've always um, enjoyed listening or reading or watching true crime, not from uh, the vantage point of, oh, this is entertainment and this is fun to watch, but from the idea that you could solve something that might have been unsolvable or that you can look at all the evidence because I like putting, you know, I like playing games or putting puzzles together, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing, obviously, on a much more impactful level. And when I, I would often be dissatisfied about the news sources I was listening to because I'd be like, hold on. They would tell one part that sounded really salacious. And I'd be like, hold on, why would somebody have done that? And then you hear it down the road about what actually happened. And, and they just took a detail. And by taking it out of context, it made it sound salacious. And so I mm. had become uh, just, and now our news stories are getting even shorter and shorter because all we want to do is read the headline and move on, which is fine. I'm just not that person. I want, if I think something is fishy, I want to hear everything about it so I can actually get if it is fishy or if it's just a weird situation that looked fishy because it was just had, you know, the perfect storm of events came about that just didn't seem to make sense. But then when you started to tie them together, they actually do make sense. So I think it was that dissatisfaction and and recognizing that like when you lose, oh my God, the 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 people who lose a loved one in a mysterious way, you are alone. Mm -hmm. You are so alone. It is not. It is unbelievable. Like the cops will be like, they don't give you much information. They, you know, and they tell you for it's for the protective nature of the case. Um, they don't keep you updated a lot of times. Um, a lot of times you'll know who might have hurt your person and they say that they don't have enough evidence to prosecute. So you're forced to live in a world where this person gets to go on just living a normal life. And so it's very uh, isolating and a lonely experience. And so when I started to recognize that actually losing my aunt and my own family in a mysterious way is when I really started to be like, something's not right here and it, we need people calling the authorities out and we need people asking questions because sometimes the answer is very obvious and the cops are just like, Oh, we can't prosecute that. So there's, you know, nothing right. we can do and they wash their hands of it. So let's hold them to task. Can you really not prosecute it, but let's bring as much media attention as we can to put some pressure on them. 
so that hopefully they look at that case a little harder to see if there is a way they can get to the conclusions that represent the case correctly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And folks, again, I, I, I'm like Ash, you know, I think 99% of the time um, the police, you know, God bless them. What a terrible job. I wouldn't want that job. Um, you know, right. they, they put their lives at risk and stuff, you know, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that 1% that doesn't, let's say you're flying on an airplane and you've got a statistic. There's 1% of the pilots, this particular airline who half-ass things, phone it in, right. you know, don't cross their T's or dot their I's. You wouldn't fly on that airplane. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, no chance, way. You know? Yeah. And, and I guarantee you that pilot wouldn't last long. You would be drummed out of there quick. I mean, it had to be. Or a heart surgeon. You're getting a, a new or a surgeon in general. You're getting a new spleen put in or something, you know? Yeah, you want you don't want somebody that's, you know, only there on Wednesdays. Um, right. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know? I mean, these they should be held accountable. And another thing I was going to say is, my, uh, you're absolutely right, man. I had a sister, a younger sister who passed away. This was many, many years ago. Um, mm. uh, you know, over, I think, 25. I can't, I don't know. I must call my calculator up. But it was a long time ago. And I'll tell you, that took the wind out of my parents. It well, reflected everybody in the family. But in particular, my parents, man, for a decade, a deck knocked mm. them on their backside for a decade um, before they finally, and they never fully came out of it, you know, but it's, uh, it, it's hard, man. And, and I thought about yeah. that. I told my wife about that. We were watching your show and, and I was like, you know, these, these, I don't think enough attention, people don't realize these, these police with these flipping answers and, and weird stuff going on, you know, not checking the tape. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Um, right. Or the tape's funky, and well, I guess that's just that camera just mysteriously shut off for two hours. You know, oh, what are you gonna do? You know, weird camera. Are you kidding me? You know, you can't have that. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I have the answers. I just let me put it this way. If they had pulled me in, accused me of this crime, and then this was their evidence and their mentality, I'd be like, no, we need to look, prove my innocence better here, you know? I mean, if it was the other way around. Um, Absolutely, right? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly what we try to do is, you know, for instance, yeah, that is one really interesting thing with the Kendrick Johnson case is the cameras turn off and on intermittently, and now it's because they're motion activated. But is what we want to do is see if the behavior those cameras exhibited that day is common to every day at that school, right? So if right. they always just shut off randomly because they're shitty cameras, well, then you start to What's be like, okay, well, that's them? not – well, that, that for sure, that's the first question. No, no doubts about that. But the, you know, we can't turn back time for that period, right? So it's about does the the footage do something different that day than it had done on any other day, or do, did they often all shut off for two hours during lunch period? You know, and so that's one thing that right. we want to look at just to see. Okay, well, this happened all the time. Now it doesn't mean someone didn't self doctor it, but is what I'm saying is, look, this is happening consistently on all the cameras. They shut off 
for five minutes, two hours, one hour, or 30 minutes, you know, so that we can understand if action seems strange or if it was that was just the shit cameras that were going on that day, you know. And so I think that's like right. one thing we want to look at. What types of cameras? How were they? How did they turn on and off? Is that a common element for them to do it that way? So we just take that extra step. Because now everyone's just like, oh, there's missing footage, right? Everyone's just screaming there's missing footage. So then it sounds like somebody went through and took that footage out, which I'm not saying that didn't happen. But is what we're going to try to find out is is what did someone well, eliminate the footage. stuff, right. Right, exactly. Or is it just how those cameras worked and it's super unfortunate, you know? It's just it's hard with this case because when you add it all up, right, there's so many strange things, plus the way the boy died in general – is such a strange way of dying that it's like right. that you start to really, really, it does make you think, is there something more happening here? Or is it just like the perfect storm of a terrible circum, one terrible circumstance after another, you know? So. Well, and it's just crazy. They're, they're saying, you know, well, it was the position he was like, had you not been a teenage boy or known a teenage boy, man, they, they're like yogas or something. They sleep. In all kinds of weird positions, you know, with legs up on the wall and half, you know, half out of the bed. And I, I did, um, you know, that's just that's part of it. And and you know what? I I'm still here. Um, imagine being a parent. Right. Imagine being a parent. This goes down, and um, and they're saying, well, you know, yeah, it was a terrible thing. Uh, it's too bad about those weird cameras shutting off and uh, on and blah blah blah. I'm like, well, right. I guess my kid isn't safe here because track record, you know, look at the facts here. I'm yeah. pulling my kid out of there. Um, but we're Absolutely. a bit weird, too, because there's nowhere else to pull him and, and put, put him, you know what I mean? It, yeah, yeah, that can always be the tough, you know, the tough factor is, you know, how many things have to shift if you do think something's going on and it's strange, you know, because then you do have to make changes, and that's always a tough decision to know if that's right or wrong and i'm back i'm back and gentlemen well i'm back you are too i thought Um, i lost you no the weird thing ash is i i was asking you if you'd had the other direction happen where people were saying hey get out of town you crazy new jersey lady and then all of a sudden my call dropped hmm very suspicious Weird. Oh, here we are, part of the conspiracy. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. It did uh, drop, though, but I'm sure it's just shitty Google. But, uh, no, have you had had that as well, is, along with uh, positive tips and whatnot coming in? Uh, yeah, definitely. There are definitely people who um, we've been threatened. Uh, people don't want mm. us in certain places. I think the interesting thing, though, about Valdosta, Georgia, is everybody's so suspicious of us. So our first two cases uh, were revolved around Caucasian individuals. So I don't know if that was part of the difference. Um, And obviously Kendrick Johnson's African-American, but we weren't embraced the same way. I I don't feel like we've ever really been embraced down in Valdosta. Yeah, I know everyone kind of keeps us at arm's length, which isn't a problem. Obviously, we're still going to do our due diligence on everything. But, uh, yeah, we've been kept a lot more at arm's length. People haven't embraced us the same way. Um, you know, we were were able to do amazing things with our first case because of how the community rallied around us, which made it really great when trying to get some changes to be made on, on, you know, doing protests 
as far as what was happening with the case. And with this one, unfortunately, we just don't have that level of support. But we do have a lot of people behind the scenes sending us information and getting us the things that we need to solve this case. So that's what's amazing is that even though we haven't been embraced within the community that way, online, our online supporters and the online people who know this case have been very active with us, and we're really appreciative of that. Oh, well, that's amazing. Well, I'm sorry. Be careful. Be safe. Be sly. I know you are. You know, I was, I was thinking um, when I was frantically redialing back in just now. Um, you know, Ash, uh, between me and you and the lamppost, you know what all this really uh, lends itself to? A heck of a good movie. Oh, my gosh. If we only knew a filmmaker. Um <laughs> have those gears turned, you know, where you're like, I could take elements, you know, it doesn't even have to be about a particular case, um, but just, you know, elements from it and and write a pretty good murder mystery movie out of this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've done some really great work on all these cases. And I think if we ever do have one that comes to a full conclusion, like somebody finally is arrested on the case or, Finally, we know for sure something was an accident or whatever. You know, I think that that would probably really lend strongly to that because then we would have all the elements of the investigation and then the findings, which actually were what was adjudicated. So I feel like we would consider that on some. um, So it's not out of the question. It's just uh, as far as because we do the full series online and it's already out there. You know, that's kind of what we just recommend for people to watch now. But, yeah, down the road, that's a possibility also. Oh, that's amazing. And so, yeah, you need that third act. you you got to have the uh, the conclusion. Um, otherwise, it's a horrible movie. Um, it makes me very mad <laughs> when movies end like, right? or don't end. Oh, right, exactly. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, you know, and it's – but I know we're not – I was just thinking about that. But, you know, the, this is a great series, folks. We have, it's Ashes to Ash TV, Ashes to Ash, not Ashes to Ashes, like the David Bowie song, Ashes to Ash, uh, TV.com. Yeah. And uh, they have a Facebook page, Ashes uh, to Ash True Crime, and then Instagram and Twitter is uh, both at Ashes to Ash TV. And, of course, they've got the YouTube channel. Go over to YouTube yep. and the search thing, put in Ashes to Ash, it's the first thing that pops up. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's cool. Oh, thank you. I appreciate so I know, it. Yeah, I know this is three seasons. I have not been able, because these cases are cold cases. So, you know, you're like, well, we have to go back in time. Here it is, 2011 or something. You know what I mean? And it messes my yeah. my, my my timeline all up. Um, when did you start making this TV series? When, is this all recent? Or how, how long have you been doing this? Yeah, probably about three years, two two to three years. So we kind of just take wow. a, a new case on each time the previous one. We finally feel like we've gotten enough information or we've put out enough, then we kind of close that one down. But we don't really stop the series on any case, right, because I'm sure additional information will come out in a year on one of the cases or two years. If that happens, we're going to actively go down there and show what that conclusion looks like. So if there is things that come forward, like uh, for the Robert B. series, which is the first series, after that happened, Mm. about six months after we stopped putting up episodes, 
we had heard from one of our informants that the FBI had been in their office asking questions about our theory and um, what we had brought forward. Yeah, so they haven't reached out to us directly, but that made me hopeful that we did finally get their attention because we had tried with the state police and the FBI. And so it made me feel really good that maybe we actually did successfully get another law enforcement agency out there to look at what was happening down there. Ash, you know that you have, they have a file on you now, right? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I think they do. I don't think they were too happy with me down there. (laughs) You're doing work that that needs to be done, hasn't been done. Somebody's got to do it. Um, You know, uh, these people, their families need closure, conclusion. Um, You know, this is important work. I know we're joking around and stuff, but seriously, this is, my hat goes off to you. This, this is cool. This is oh, very, you. very I cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, we care and a lot about I, our cases, probably more than we should. Well, so thank you. Yeah, and and I know it's it's a big job. It's a big job. This isn't well. I got nothing to do next Tuesday. Think I'll uh, you know look into solving <laughs> this murder um, or mysterious <laughs> death. We should say nothing's been. Yep. Come on, folks. You don't just wind up rolled up in a carpet or a mat. Are you kidding me? Haven't you ever read Sherlock Holmes? Um, Jeez. I don't know. Yeah, that Georgia one was crazy. I was very surprised to see no one was wearing a big all-white suit. Um, All I'm saying. All I'm saying. a hazard. Anyway. um, how do these cases, how do you, I mean, was this something you saw on Dateline or on the news or did somebody send it to you? How, how did you learn about the, uh, these cases? Oh, that's actually a good question. So the first one, um, you know, I just posted online asking if anyone knew of any weird cases or unsolved cases or cases they wish more, they knew more about. And three people from the little town of Pekin, Illinois, reached out to me and specifically asked about this Robert B. case, and they all asked me separately. Oh. It wasn't like a little group of them. So that's, that's what started the whole thing. And then the next one was actually my aunt, who um, I believe was murdered. And then the Kendrick Johnson one was a case that I had always been interested in. That was one of those that, like, mm. I wanted to look at the information because I didn't like I didn't like how confusing it was. I wanted to understand why it was so confusing. Like, it seems right so easy to solve. You can't roll yourself up in a gym mat, right? So how can anyone call that an accident? So I wanted to see why it could be called an accident, you know? And that's, I feel like, what we're able to do is, especially being neutral, um, you know, like, obviously, I don't know. Well, I know the Johnsons now, but I didn't know them when I picked up the case, you know, and I think that I can be a neutral party to that information. Like I'm I'm talking to everybody. I want everyone to tell me what they know, and then I want to showcase it to the world. Now, I know with the Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Johnson one, you, you, you got pretty close, it seemed. Uh, I got that impression um, with the aunt there, um, and you had mentioned yeah. before earlier in the show today that that there was a little bit of standoffishness. Um, that's not even a word, but, but people were, were, you were at arm's length with the community and whatnot. Um, I mean, 
Was, did that include the family, you know, the, the, the Johnson family? Were they like, who is this rolling into town, you know? What, what, or were they just thankful that somebody cared? So, yeah, I mean, they're obviously have always been very nice to me, so it's not that. Um, it, I just don't think I had been embraced in the same way. But part of the thing with the Johnsons, too, is they made this film called Finding Kendrick Johnson with a filmmaker called Jason Pollock. And he mm. had, rightfully so, any filmmaker would do this. He had them under contract until January 1st, 2023. So we can't interview them. So I went and oh, found gotcha. people who were part of the family I could interview with. So, and then because of that contract, we have to, we haven't been able to talk. So I've gone to some of the events that they're at, but we don't, mm-hmm. we're not like friends. We're not like Interact. texting each other. It's not like that just because right. we're trying to be respectful of that contract. So of course, they um, initially, when we tried to do this, I could tell we 100% had their blessing. Um, and then when the contract right. thing came into play, but I'm not going to not look for who killed this boy because the contract's in place if he was murdered. And I'm not going to stop right. trying to figure out what happened to him because the contract's in place. Like, I don't have anyone I have to answer to that way. So my thought was just go forward with it. And, you know, obviously no one thinks the family killed their son. (laughs) So it wasn't like I was trying to investigate them. You know, they're just, uh, you know, innocent victims in this whole thing also. So it was, uh, it was an okay interview to have to give up in order to still investigate it. But yeah, so maybe that helped kind of create that little bit of space between us because we can't really talk. So I can't really you know, be buddy buddies with the family. So, but yes, I mean, everyone from that family has been really nice to me though. And they've all interviewed with me, all the other people who could. So it's not that it's just, I think maybe that did put up a little divide at first and I just never got ingratiated the same way I had in the past. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it, it, you know, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. And you're absolutely right. It, it, I've never made a movie. I know nothing about that business. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely have a uh, some sort of option or whatnot, um, intellectual, you know, property type deal, um, until the, you know, my investment was finished in it, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's sense, exactly you know? we yeah, we were very, you know, we respect the fact that that contract was in place, um but you know, we're trying to figure out who killed this boy. This isn't really about right. money for us. So, I'm not going to let things stop me that might stop you normally, you know. This is too well, important I think to stop or things like that. Right. And I agree with you. I mean, me and you kind of have that same mindset and but that doesn't mean that, you know, some producer somewhere <laughs> Shared that mindset. Right. Um, no, right? Crazy Absolutely. world. And if, no, and honestly, if you want to get your story out on a bigger level, you do have to put that, you do have to sign those kind of contracts. So, they, you know, nothing weird happened. It was what normally happens in the right. industry. It was just a bummer ladies, for us. Right. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to give any type of impression. I don't know the details of that deal. I have no idea. I am sure... Hey, like I told you, remember how I told you filmmakers are broke? Um, <laughs> I mean, no disrespect <laughs> to my filmmaker friend. I'm not saying this guy rolled into town in a limo that said Mr. Big and started writing checks for people's stories. Maybe that happened. Right. I kind of doubt that it did. Um, right. But, 
you know, uh, I don't want to give you that impression that this, this boy's family was paid or, you know, something untoward like that. Um, oh, sure. yeah, no, and that's definitely not what happened. It was just, a, you know, them trying to make sure that if they spent all this money making the film that mm-hmm. it didn't have a lot of competition, meaning other people making the same film at the same time. And I completely understand and respect that. It's just I do an online series that I don't feel like competes right. with movies in that same way. So, and ours no, is very and different. Just, and that whole mentality, you know, it's like, well, we can't have any, uh, you know, it's like, I'll give you a good example, the Black Dahlia murders of old classic Hollywood, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I only think there's been 8,700 of those uh, shows made right. like that and movies, and, um, you know, nobody still knows what happened. Anyway, um, right. well, this is cool. This is cool. Now, I have to ask, because I am very selfish and just totally hooked, on uh, Ashes to Ash, do we have uh, – these are three strong cases that I would love to see conclusions of. Believe me, I would lo- I'm, I'm needing to see conclusions on these. Um, I, I, I want some justice for these folks. Um, but are there additional cases? Is season four in the mix, or can you not say yet? Um, yes, so I do believe there will be a season four. I think we will continue this. We might restructure a little bit on how we release episodes only because that's become, mm. it's obviously so much effort because we try to make it look like a Hollywood film. You know, we're not just taking Oh, like, yeah, it's, and it looks it, great. No, oh, thank my you. My wife said that. Danny said that. She's like, man, this does not look like this was shot in a garage on a cell phone. This is, and I'm not saying it was. She goes, this looks really, really good. And I said, yeah. And believe me, she is an expert. My wife could have a PhD in con shows, ladies and gentlemen. She, I, I don't think there's one she hasn't seen. Um, <laughs> and me too, because let's admit it, in our house, she controls the remote control. Um, that's just how that well, goes. That's but, any, um, any, any wife and husband situation. <laughs> telling you i'm telling you my uh it was funny my father-in-law kept coming over to do projects my in-laws live about three blocks from us and he kept coming over um like once a week to do you know well, i thought i'd just uh put some uh patch this hole here where you had a nail hole at one time i'm like what is this why do you keep coming over i'm asking my wife she's like don't you know it's the same day and the same time? That's when The Bachelor's on, and my mom's watching The Bachelor. He has to get out of the house because he can't stand it. I'm like, oh, got my it. God. <laughs> so I'll have a list for him of things that can be um, when we get to work. I love um, that. So it, uh, but, yeah, I'm trained well. I'm trained well. But she was very impressed with your show. Uh, you know, seriously, she she was just it's really done. It's done really well. And I don't know who did the uh, the music. Your intro music is fantastic. Uh, the one with the hurricane uh, in the lyrics. Great oh, song. yeah. Uh, oh, my God. That's eight graves. Those guys are insane. The fact that they even let us use one of their songs is absurd. But, yes, we've had so many incredible people who have helped us, from lawyers to uh, to uh, forensic specialists to people with music, like, it's always amazing what people, when they get passionate about what we're doing, they always are like, how can I help? And, like, I always appreciate that because there's usually a way I can be like, oh, you have a song or something, you know, we can use. 
And so they were so generous and let us use their songs. So that's Eight Graves, but they're great. That's fantastic. And you've already hinted at an idea I was having. I'll talk to you about it off mic um, afterwards. Maybe I can do something on your tears or something, uh, uh, donate something or whatnot. But, but we'll definitely talk. I'm oh, nice. talking to you. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> yeah I this is I, I'm excited about it. It's it's a great series. I want all of my listeners to check this out. If you're into true crime, you like crime shows, and you like a mystery, and you like being presented with a big basket of, well, that's weird. What the heck is that about? This is your cup of tea, man. You will like this show. Um, and everybody's got YouTube. It's in your pocket on your phone, man. Um, unless you're like me, you have it hooked up to the big TV. Uh, but it looks great. Right. Yeah, it does. man. It's, this, is, this is awesome. Well, very, very cool. Um, I know I've kept you longer than I said I would. I apologize about that, Ash. You're just fascinating oh, okay. to talk to. Um, no, I'm happy. Keep, I'm you, happy know this, you know this already, but keep doing what you're doing. I think, I mean, not only are you putting out a, a just a, a fantastic, entertaining show, you're really doing something, I mean, for real, that's important, you know? Um, Thank you. You know, we, we all do our art, and that's great and everything, but it ain't possibly changing somebody's luck. I mean, for real, you know? It's, I'm very impressed with what you're doing. <laughs> very oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that is, it's, uh, we try to bring it in an entertaining way so people will watch, but it, our purpose is to try to figure out what happened in these cases. So I'm so happy that that comes through because we do very much care about these cases and the families that have been damaged or the people whose lives have been taken. And I think that shows through, and I really hope that we can always represent them that way. Absolutely. Hey, and you know, I, I wanted a uh, last thought. I, I was, I finally found my notes here. I don't know if they were underneath this. It doesn't matter. Um, the point you made in the, uh, the season three, when you were uh, talking to your partner there about um, uh, race and you're like, you know what? Then the streets being named, having this nefarious background and whatnot to their, to their names. You're like, I don't know if I'd want to drive down, uh, you know, Weinstein Boulevard every day and, you know, as a woman, Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I thought that was one of the most eloquent. Yeah, I, I got it. As a guy, I got it. Um, yeah. The whole you know the Me Too thing and all that. I, I'm like, wow, that's a great point. You know, um, that 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 little statement went through the the layers of privilege that I that I have. You know, and uh, oh um, well, thank you for I was saying very that because that. thank you, yeah, because I personally have learned so much about it. Because you know, when all of a sudden someone wants to pull down like a statue or something, and you know, I, I have all these feelings of well, that's our history and that's this, and you know, because that's just naturally we all have those feelings, and I think it's. But I also try to think about it: is how would I feel if I had to look at that every day? These African-American people in Valdosta literally have to walk past the Confederate memorial 
that is set up on their courthouse steps every day when going to court. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a place for a Confederate memorial. It's part of our past. Uh, maybe there it should be somewhere. But maybe that shouldn't be on our courthouse steps because I don't feel like I think I would get fair justice if, you know, Weinstein, if I was raped and then mm -hmm. Weinstein was represented out front of the courthouse. I just wouldn't think our Cosby there was a Cosby statue out there. Like, so I think we have to be really just put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Would you be okay with that? And then maybe, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and empathy, so I'm saying, folks. Right. And so I'm not saying we should get rid of everything. We shouldn't, you know, we don't have to get rid of every piece of history, but maybe just for a moment, try to think about how that would make you feel if it was where it is located and you had to see it every day because I think if you start thinking about things that way it's a little easier to let some of those things go or to be like okay maybe that's not the right place for this let's move that to a museum you know absolutely absolutely I agree a hundred percent with you and I I just I, I remember writing I, I wrote that down in my little book here and I, I thought that was I was very impressed with that little and it had nothing to do with the case directly or whatnot. I it was just one of those little extra things that I saw during the episode that I was I was impressed with. But that was Yeah. Well thank uh, you. Yeah, I mean I I learned so much doing these cases I can't even tell you. And you know, when I learn those things I want to share them with people because often they surprise me, you know. And mm. but when I finally kind of get my head around what that means or how it actually plays into our society and culture, then I just want to share it. I don't think I'm shoving things down people's throats is what I'm saying. Is, no, hey, it was not wow, preachy or any of that. No. Yeah. yeah it's just yeah, like, yeah. oh, I, I guess I, 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 right. Yeah. But it's basically like, wow, if I feel about this for me, how must somebody else feel about it when it's directed towards them and I think it's just about looking at things that way to kind of get a fresh perspective of it absolutely absolutely and you know what there's nothing wrong there is nothing wrong with putting yourself in somebody else's shoes um, for a little insight ladies and gentlemen <laughs> remember that ladies and gentlemen when you're at the grocery store next time and they, they young lady behind the register that, you know, working nights after high school is reminding you to put your mask up over your nose as well, you know, before you go off on yeah. her. Right. Put yourself in her shoes. She's been dealing with people with peaches like you all day long. Um, oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's exactly uh, it. It's just... Yeah, that respect for other people and and making sure you're honoring what they what makes them feel safe and comfortable, you know. Exactly. I mean, how hard is it? These are all things I learned on the playground in you know grade one, but I guess you know I I don't know. I went to a special magic school or something. I get Hogwarts or something. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Um, this is all pretty basic. You know, like during this whole pandemic, people were complaining about washing their hands. Why do I have to wash my hands? Because you're a person, that's why. How about that, you know? <laughs> you brush your teeth every day, too. Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm sorry for getting on the soapbox. I don't need to be. No, you're Everybody, <laughs> ashes to ash. That's, you got to watch this. It's a great show. And, um, and if you can, I'm telling you, man, I am telling you, uh, subscribe to it, you know, five bucks a month, five bucks a month, uh, you know, 
you can't beat it. And because you get all those perks and you get to hang out and talk with a bunch of people that are into the same stuff you're into. How cool is that? Exactly. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, or spend the 20 and be the big spender, you know? There you go. How right. Exactly. Be the VIP. <laughs> I'm telling you. Always, it's always nicer in the VIP section. That folks right? That's, that's, that's what I think. <laughs> Because you're from New Jersey, you know. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. She knows. <laughs> exactly. You get it. <laughs> it used to be a great club I used to go to in Jersey called Blitz. Oh, man, that was a lot of fun. Anyhow, that's a whole other show, folks. We're not going to get into that. Um, anyway, hey, everybody, I'm off for a couple days, but we um, are back on Thursday. We've got a fantastic movie producer returning to the show. He's got a new horror movie out we're going to talk about. Um, called The Long Good Night. It's a fantastic uh, horror movie. I just watched it the other night. Loved it. Uh, Damon Hillian is on again. And then we're doing something a little different. On Friday, we've got a, uh, a dancer. Uh, she uh, is a dancer, an actress, a singer, um, you know, triple threat. But her primary thing is, is dance, uh, modern dance and whatnot. And I know everybody's going, hey, you have an audio radio show. How are you going to have a dance? You know, it's like having a painter on. Um, well, we're going to talk about it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really involved. I, I don't know if a lot of people um, just know how much work that is. Uh, that's like, that's the part of the arts that's real hard and physical. So tune in for that and we'll, we'll be talking with her. Very, very cool. Ash, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having us on again. I really appreciate that. Oh, anytime, anytime. I, I love talking to you. I am so impressed. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. Well, folks, we will see you next time. This episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We're going to push, uh, push it out on all the social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. I just this weekend we had about 15 more in. We have broken the. We're on over 500 now. Uh, we finally broke 500. So, uh, and yes, everybody, man, I've been getting emails about this. We are also on a particular streaming service, and you know what? I have nothing to do with that other podcast, and I don't have any plans on going anywhere. And I'm not pulling all of my music off of that service because I don't have any music. I don't make music. So um, there, I hope I solved the problem. My advice, if you don't like a particular show, don't listen to it. How about that? Um, <laughs> all I'm going to say about that, you know, uh, yeah, even even little me has to deal with this stuff, you know. I, I'm telling you, it's crazy. It's a crazy world. <laughs> Anyhow, we will see you next time, everybody. Have a good one. Ash Patino. Very, very cool. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It was so great. This has been Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, de Harry Hicks from Sverige. Ocnil is not Pop Rocks Radio made Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.